Well, when I was in high school, I did a little thing called a 30 day famine, 30 hour famine. <laughs> 30 day famine. <laughs> the 30 hour famine, the 30 hour famine. But really quick story is one time I did it with three different youth groups in like the same month. And the third time I did it, my mom talked to uh, Mrs. King, our youth leader, and they pulled me aside and they were like, so my mom told us that this is the third time you're doing the 30 hour famine. So we think that you should go to Subway and just go, go get us some. Hello, welcome back to Survivor at Home, the podcast. My name is Lynette, and I'm one of the hosts tonight. Um, I'm so happy to be here. I am here with my longtime friend, Kel. Hi, Kel. Hello, hello. Um, I introduced you as my final two and my ride or die. And I guess I'm just your longtime friend, but, you know, that's okay, too. Okay, longtime friend. That is actually so good. And I actually wanted to say last time we were on the podcast, that you, we were not final two together. I tried hard to push for final two to be with you. That did not happen. Ride or die, you never gave me the option. So I did not latch on to that. You're my longtime friend. I did give you the option in the season that you eventually won. So you're welcome. <laughs> okay, so maybe that was a good choice <laughs> on my part. But anyways, welcome, Kel. And tonight, Kel and I are super excited to have a very special guest who has a place in our hearts since we the day we met her. Uh, Rochelle a special, is- A, a special what? place in our hearts, not just a place in our a special I, place. But I said hearts. special person. I didn't want to say special place. But yes, she is super special. She gets special, special person here on the podcast tonight. Um, Rochelle, welcome here. Thank you guys so much. My special, special friends who live in my special heart. <laughs> No, that was not <laughs> how you guys said it, but no, thank you so much for having me. I am thrilled. And honestly, I'm so excited to just chat with you guys tonight. Like I love both of you and thanks for having me. Yeah, we're so yeah thankful for you to take some time today of your busy life to chat Survivor with us and um, break down this episode, which happened to be a great episode tonight. So, um, but before we jump in, we wanted to talk to you or ask you any thoughts you had on your Survivor at Home experience or how you got connected to this community. Yeah. How did you get connected to Survivor at Home? So, I mean, I have been on the podcast last season. So sorry to anyone who has heard this all before. But so I played in the first season of Survivor at Home and Andrew Ironside and his wife, Stephanie, are two of my very good friends. I've been friends with them um, for 11 years. And yeah, so when Andrew put this whole Survivor at Home game together, uh, he asked if I wanted to play, and I absolutely did. I love the Survivor reality show. And so doing this with a group of friends sounded amazing. So yeah, that's how I got connected with that. Did you want me to dive more into like my experience with Survivor at home? No, no. I mean, like you said, you've been on the podcast before. People know you. I know you've been mm -hmm. kind of cast as a villain. You could touch on that if you want, villain or hero or 
survivor <laughs> player in general. I'm looking at Kel to see if he has anything to say, but Kel um, is smiling. Uh, I'm smiling and I've, it's been widely documented that I do believe Rochelle Martin Brake is a villain. And I think she should wear that with a badge of honor. Uh, but I, you know yeah, what? It, yeah, tell you know what we're so. Did you do anything villainous in your time on Survivor at home, Michelle? <laughs> okay, so Kel, you'll have to remind me because I've played. I played season one through three, and then I played the light. Um, so Kel, I believe we played in season three together, where Lynette won. Is that correct? No. Okay, so you did <laughs> well, play yeah. in season. <laughs> okay, well that is correct. <laughs> okay, that is correct information. That is correct information, but so you did play in season one, where I, you know, I I was not invited to play in season one. Unfortunately, I guess I'm uh, not neither was I, Andrew. <laughs> um, but so I guess they ran a second season, and at that point, you had extended the invitation to me to play in season two. Correct. And so I joined the cast of season two. That's right. Along with uh, many amazing people who I, I just won't name at this point. But um, we were cast on opposite tribes, and I was, yeah, just put on a tribe with obviously a lot of strangers. And we did, me and you did meet up at the safety chain portion of the game, where I do believe that, you know, I probably would have been at risk, but you did choose to save me over, I think it oh was. Oh boy, Katie Ironside, yeah. I believe. Katie yeah. Ironside. Yes. yes. Okay, Kel, this is why I'm so thankful for you. It's also a blessing. It's a, also a curse, I should say. Um, I'm so thankful for your great memory, but you remember everything. And um, so now that you're explaining that, yes, season two, um, I remember that so clearly, that safety chain game where you have to essentially, uh, it ping pongs back and forth and you have to save someone and you're basically just like, all your cards are shown because you have to save people one by one. And so- whether or not people believe me or not, I this is what happened. Someone else had saved Katie Ogiba. And I can't remember. I'm sorry. I don't remember if she was on our team or not. But I heard the name Katie. I got so flustered when it came to my turn. I understood in my head that Katie Ironside had been saved. She had not been saved. And so I saved Kel. And that did not go well for me. I mean, it went well for you, Kel. But it was just quite the slip up. And honestly, if I'll say anything about my time with Survivor at home, it's just been flying by the seat of my pants. I can I do not know how to play a long game. I'm literally just trying to get to the next moment, to the next, like, try to win essentially the next game. And so um, my story of Survivor at home is just making a lot of mistakes and not remembering them sometimes. <laughs> and I mean, I think it's okay that our games are full of mistakes. I think that's like for the majority of people who play Survivor, that is what happens. You make, you go throughout the game, you make mistakes and like only like a handful of people have the ace of a game or whatever. So yeah, thanks for sharing Says that. one of the people who've had an ace of a game. <laughs> no, I got <laughs> voted out though, right? Like I got voted out and got back in somehow and then somehow made my way to the end. Yeah, and I will no, just you... say- yeah, you played an amazing game, and so have you, Kel. And the Survivor at Home experience is just incredibly humbling. And honestly, I have learned so much about myself. 
I'm not kidding, through playing this game. So much self-reflection post-seasons. And I think with the villain thing, hell, you've really helped me come to terms with it. You know, we've hashed it out publicly online. We've hashed it out privately. And I think I do just need to accept it. So I I, I think I'm there. <laughs> Aww. Okay, well, you are happy to finally embrace that you are entering your villain era. So I'm excited to see how you play on Survivor Home Season 6. Oh, yeah. We'll see. Or, yeah. And okay, and yeah. just one last thing about the villain thing in like Rochelle. So, at for those of you who don't know, I think everybody's pieced it together because even other Luke said in the game he's, he couldn't tell us apart, but Rochelle's my sister. And yes. Rochelle is not a villain at heart like whatsoever in real life she has the actually biggest heart and so the fact that she comes across as a villain and like she said she's flying by the seat of her pants so I look at her I'm like oh yeah she just isn't really sure what to do and then is making all these mistakes and then everybody's like you you have to do that I'm like no she didn't she didn't actually 100 percent and I think I think it also stems from people who do know me um I'm like incredibly competitive like any Anytime you throw me in a board game or like a sports game, I, I've grown a lot, but like as an adolescent, I was not always the best, kindest competitor and I've grown out of that. But I think that's where some of that stems from is like, when I play a game, I'm going to go hard and obviously make mistakes. But then, um, but then when it's like all said and done, I like leave it on the field. Yeah. So you don't take it home. That's right. Um, speaking speaking of adolescence, and Cal, I thought maybe you'd want to chip in here when you happen to meet Rochelle and how uh, you two know each other. Yeah, so we grew up in well, I grew up in Sulacout, and you guys moved to Sulacout, and I remember I have this very specific memory of I don't know, I think I was probably like fourteen, maybe because I, I think I'm two years older than you, right, Lynette? Yes, so I'm two years older than you. Yes, and I remember yes, you we attended the same youth group. And like we, it was a pretty tight knit youth group. There's probably about 10 or so teens. And I remember Rochelle was also there and she was like fitting in and she was just very happy to be there. And like she, you know, with like Liz and Ashley and Leslie, like outside of youth, we were all friends. But then when youth started, it was 12 plus. <laughs> and Rochelle, and I remember I have this very specific memory of Rochelle being like, okay, you know, that's okay. I don't have to go, but I do understand that when I'm going to be 12, I also would not 11 year, want 11 year olds to be there. So that's okay. And I'm okay with this. No way. You remember <laughs> yes. that conversation? Yes, I do. Oh my gosh. That is hilarious. Yeah. Hell. I do you have saying that. Do you, no. have, do you remember having that opinion? No. no, I have no memory of that, but that literally, that sounds like me, like just very, like, I can rationalize this, even though I know what I'm feeling. It's valid, but that's really funny that you bring that up because I totally forgot that it was 12 plus. And now that's bringing me right back to like the, yeah. was it like Monday night volleyball? And I could never go. <laughs> I could never go to that. And so. I think it was older. I think it was older. Yeah, I, I think like it was older. like grade nine. Yeah. So 13 or 14 plus. Yeah, right. So, so there were either. multiple stages of uh, youth group activities that I was not involved in, but somehow like we were still all such a tight group and then of course eventually you did turn 12 and uh you're able to come to the to the, to the events that's, that's when the good times started to roll 
Anyway, all that being said, uh, me and you obviously have just a long history of, yeah, being friends throughout our yes. teen years, throughout our 20s, and now into our 30s. Exactly. Obviously, you live a whole province away, and so I don't get to see you as yep. often as uh, I would like, but we've been recently reconnected through this uh, Survivor at Home experience, which is great. Uh, and Andrew has also, Andrew Ironside has also brought it up. So I've, I've also done uh, my own online Survivor games as well. And so uh, during the pandemic, um, I invited 27 people to come play in this like massive online version of Survivor. And Rochelle, you were kind enough to join. Um, so really quickly, like what was that? I know it was 2000, it was like oh. March 2002, or sorry, yeah. 2022. Uh, yes. <laughs> so I remember you were on a, you were on a there was you, Neve, Peter, Colleen, you, That's Katie, right. you guys were all in the same tribe. Um, well, like, do you have any memories that you could share from that? From that, Tell, the fact that you even knew who was on my team is like astounding. Um, all I remember is signing up for it because I've really wanted to play your survivor games, like, I really have. Um, but obviously, the pandemic was just it was really challenging having two kids at home. So, anyways, I signed up. I just remember playing Pokemon Go and like taking my kids out and like wandering around trying to find Pokemon. And I think because I, I really struggled with being able to commit to the, the, the time commitment that I think I just vote got voted off. So that was unfortunate because tell you run an awesome survivor game and I love your passion for survivor in general, but also just fostering that community as well. Um, so hats off to you. Yeah, well, well, thank you for that. Know. And thank you for saying that you'd be interested in playing again, because I would love for you to play again. <laughs> As your eyes go wide. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll get to the show right away. But I just okay. have this idea in the back of my head that I would like to do like a new era season of what I do. Like a 26, just a very tight, just like yeah. small challenges, voting people out and just sort of like a returnee season where it's just like challenge voting someone out strategy, like bam, 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 done in 26 days. And just inviting people who've played in the four or five online seasons that I ran, I think would be really fun. So we'll see if it actually does happen. But do it. Yeah, do I mean, if, I'm not, I'm not getting you to commit, but just like you know, think about that. You know, if like okay. you know, Jordan's there, you're there. It'd be like a really just you know, hodgepodge of people who've played. Love anyway. it. Love yeah. it. Well, thank you both for sharing about yourselves. Um, because now we're going to digest and go through Survivor at Home. And Kel has lent me the captain's wheel for doing this, this episode. So the title of the episode is Under the Wing of a Dragon. We are hitting night five, or sorry, night 15, not night five, in Vava, right? So just we had left the council from the previous or from that night, Brandon getting voted out. And two people revealing confessionals right during that night that everything went according to their plan, right? Danny immediately says, perfect. Everything went according to my plan. Um, Yam Yam also says everything happened the way that he wanted and no blood on his hands. And I actually was more intrigued by Yam Yam's confessional um, than, I mean, yeah, for Danny, it was awesome. But Yam Yam, I, he said it so great. He, you know, went for Josh, got Josh. He went for Matt, got Matt. He went for Brandon, got Brandon. And, you know, we'll see at the end of this episode what happens. But what did do you two have any perspectives or thoughts in that night of tribal council? No, I mean, I thought it was an incredible tribal council. First of all, I love Kel's love for Jam Jam. And so him coming back to camp and like, what was, what did he say? He said, 
he, oh, he said James Bond 00. And like, I just like, I cannot not laugh at everything that comes out of his mouth. He's know, so, he's so funny, hilarious. He's also, like you said, like he's playing a great game or maybe you didn't say that, but I I'm saying that he's playing a great game. Um, I'm just, I'm loving it. Yeah. I'm first off. I love jam jam. So good. He's just such great casting. I could see why, you know, he's put on this show like him carolyn like like just they're just such great people like great cast um my thoughts on i guess last episode and what happened um i i kind of feel like danny maybe just stick it sticked his head up maybe a bit too high i just wonder if you know playing an idol for someone else at the final nine might be a bit too early so as great as tv as it was I'm not sure it was a great move overall for Danny. And I think that people will, you know, his name has been mentioned this episode. He obviously doesn't go home, but I think he will be high on people's radar. And I have a lot of thoughts on Danny overall, which I can get to later. They're not great, but, but yeah, overall, I think uh, it was awesome TV, but I just don't think it was a great move for, for Danny. So, Do you think like you're saying that because it puts it, it puts too big of a target on his back. Yeah, especially at the okay. final nine. I mean, okay. at the top nine, like, you, it's not, he has his three original, I forget, forget what tribe he's from, but there's three of them, and he's really relying on Tika, right? So, and already, I mean, Carolyn wants him out. So his relying on Tika isn't going to get him theoretically too much further in the game. Right. So I just think, you know, maybe let Franny go in that moment and then try and just do something with the five, because obviously the four Suka, like that's, that's something that needs to be dealt with, but did it need to be dealt with at the final line with, with the way that he did it? So right. I think it's, I think, I think objectively it's not the right move to do, but I guess we'll see how it plays out. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. I mean, yeah, it definitely got Argus on his back that evening. Like Jamie was boss move iconic. I actually, yeah. have more thoughts on Jamie too, as we go through this episode, but yeah, the two people that stood out that tribal went exactly how they wanted was Danny and Yam Yam. So moving on to day 16, um, we have Kane and Jamie chatting about not getting cocky. Kane is now awake. You know, his Alliance member went home, Brandon, and um, he identifies Danny as a big threat. Like immediately Kane's like, yeah, big threat. Right. And that leads into the idol hunt frenzy, which was great. I love have all of them searching yeah. for the idols. I love them going through every, you're not sure who's going to get it the way that production has the music and everybody looking in the trees. Um, we have a great confessional from Danny talking about how he wants to make big moves and he is going five trees um, looking and then gathering wood and going back. And I wanted to ask both of you, what would your strategy be for idol hunting? Well, like to show to like, to try to make it look like you weren't looking for idols to get people off your scent. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think finding wood is the obvious one or like kindling, like, like small sticks so that like you can really dig around and not, but like at the same time, people would instantly know like everyone knows what he's doing but at least there's like quote unquote another reason for it so yeah that would be my go-to but also like I just think I don't know this would maybe be a pitfall of mine that I would always want to be looking so I I don't know I would really struggle with not caring sorry with caring what people think about me looking for an idol 
Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think my stance, and I sort of carry this in Survivor Home, is that I don't really feel the need to look for idols. Um, and, you know, I do, you know, half-heartedly in Survivor at Home, but I've never found an idol. I've never played an idol. Um, and in Survivor, the TV show, I think I would focus more on relationship building and just trying to make sure that, you know, I have a great footing in the tribe. Um, yeah, I, I just think that would be my strategy. But of course, I probably would like half-heartedly look as well while I'm doing things. I don't know if I'd be doing, I think what Danny's doing is great where he's coming back with like huge bundles of wood. And he says like, I'm going to come back with like smaller amounts of wood every time, but he's coming back. So there's like, he's undoubtedly, you know, helping the tribe. Um, and even I think Claire noted it way back when that he's like always on the go and you can't keep right. up with Danny. So he's, that's very much just who he has been all game. But but yeah, I think what he's doing is great. I'd probably do just a bit of what he does. But also, I think I would just try to rely more on my social game than, you know, than not. But everyone wants to have that Kelly Wentworth moment, you know, where you play the idol and it's like, does not count, does not count, does not count. Yes. But at the same time, you also don't like, like Kelly Wentworth has never won the game, right? So true. true. It's, it's, a, it's a tough balance for sure. Right. So I guess we see through the, the series of confessionals, everybody looking, Danny's looking, Jamie has her great confessional saying, can you believe I still have my <sighs> idols? How do I still have my idols? I'm so happy. How do I still have my idols? <sighs> just like, I actually started laughing out loud yeah. because she, I was like, you are so out of touch with the game. So out of touch with the game. So you think she should know it's fake? No, I'm saying that like, you still have your idol girl because nobody's gunning for you because nobody cares what I you're see. doing in this game. Gotcha. Yes. That's true. That is true. And also, <laughs> I thought it was so great because, yeah, first off, I'm so sad for Jamie because she's so happy that she still has her it's idol. So and she's like, <sighs> you know, there's like, she's ecstatic. And then you're just like, I still have my idol. I still yes. have my idol. And then the editors flash one fake idol. I know. <laughs> so good that was so good yeah. like i i i know i'm the same like i i did laugh and then i also wrote down i can't wait for her to play that and then i reflected on that comment and i was like that's almost cruel like that's almost like but i'm i'm just taking it in as a viewer right to like the shock value and then i was reminded quickly like oh my goodness that's going to be so probably painful for her to watch you know just all this like she's just living in like delirium i don't know if that's a word right yeah. now um and so um delusion. yeah delusion. i don't know if that's a word delusion thank delusion. you thank delusion. You delusion yeah so i mean obviously it's great tv and but yeah i do feel for her well yeah and i think what were you gonna say Kel? um yeah well i i, I just i think I really don't like the idea of the uh, production inserting like actual certified fake idols from production. And so, you know, my heart yeah. does break for, for Jamie and for Matt who, who think they have, well, I guess the one that Matt found was made by Matthew, but you know, for the people who, who do find these fake idols, like that's just so like you go on to survivor and assume that everything that you find is legitimate. Um, and obviously it doesn't really fool anyone at the end of the day, but, yeah, as Rochelle would say, it's almost cruel of production to inject actual fake idols that they want them to hand out. Like yeah, I, I would I, feel, I would feel sad. Like you see people when they find idols 
in the past like 15 plus seasons when idols have been in the in the game 20 plus and they're like it's like legitimate like ecstasy yeah, when you're cool. finding an idol you know yeah and mm. to be like just deflated if you were to yeah. think that you're successfully playing it like that's yeah i just think there's like an element of cruelty there that i just don't appreciate okay yeah, but the on. only thing is that um and you guys can remind me someone else who found the birdcage idol that then hid that one matt danny no danny oh, did danny. and hid hid the production one for matt and then matt with the beard he made Figured that out. idol for jamie so but right he, or did he just hide it did he just rehide the one he got from danny or did he make a fake idol no because- sorry there's two mats danny i know on the green tribe okay got it from matt and then yeah. matt also found one hit it on jamie yeah, okay. shoot. Well, that, that's Matthew. He goes by Matthew. So the oh, one Matthew. who is uh, who quit slash was a medevac from the game is, is Matthew. So that's yeah. one distinction that you can make between. So the two. what what I'm wondering and uh, should have looked up before is that the the idol that Jamie found was hidden by Matthew. Did he make that or was he rehiding the one that he the fake one he found from Danny? Okay. Oh my goodness. Yeah, I I'm I'm the one. Your your memory is better than mine at this point because no, Matthew yes, never Jamie, found an idol from Danny. Yeah, Jamie had. The, the the made idol from Matthew, whereas Matt had Thank the you. productions idol yes. from Danny. Thank so I, I did, yeah, I did get Thank that Thank you. Wrong. So, okay. As you praise my memory all. <laughs> my short-term memory, not so good. Long-term, we've we've figured so it out, you guys. We're great at puzzles. No. Um, <laughs> the thing, though, the thing that I'm still caught on is if he made this this little idol out of whatever he could find other people have figured out when they've been given a fake idol they're like like even with um jam jam and the and um uh josh Josh, he was like like laughing at how like he recognized the beads so to me i'm like maybe you could piece together that it looked it might look a little funny or different than others or like maybe your social game is off because like no i don't know you know like i just feel like maybe you could figure it out well, yeah, I think you could figure out when another survivor player potentially made it, but when production has put into play an idol. But that, that's like, not the one she found. No, you're right. Because here's what I was going to say about that is that if people find the the way production has set it up is that there's the first idol and then the fake idol and and then they all merge together. And if you are if you are on top of your social game, that's how other people figured it out is that they were like, oh there was a second idol and so to me it kind of just shows even though i guess jamie's not in this position but there is a way to figure it out the ones that were the fake idols that were put into play by production there is a way to crack that code right if you're if you're paying attention to what's happening if you're having conversations if someone reveals that information to um, like when matt figured it out right he was having those conversations unfortunately for jamie it was just made by somebody else but to me that i i actually have less sympathy i'm like well pay attention to the beads that are around camp kind of thing. Anyways, right. I'll leave it at that, but I, right. it will be interesting when she finally plays it, if she does play it properly. Well, it went home tonight, right? Like, it, or it went oh. back with pain. So like, we'll never, yes. it just was like, we never get to see a fake idol getting played. In oh this my season. gosh. Yeah. In this season. Now I'm deflated. <laughs> you're <laughs> right. You're, actually... de- you're deflated by, by not remembering, or you wanted to see her play the yeah. idol. Yes, and... yes, yes. In the end, Rochelle, I got so right. caught up in that. Yeah. <laughs> um, Moving on. I do, I do oh. think you bring up a great point about so her social game that pretend, like she sh- maybe could have figured it out. And her, it's just a reflection. And we see so many quotes that just reflect that she doesn't totally. have a good 
picture of what's going on. Okay, no, no, no. Okay, now we're really getting things wrong because once again, Jamie has the idol that Matthew made. And so how, like everyone believes that her idol is real. That's not from production. So Matthew made the fake idol, planted it, found it with Jamie, and then Matthew is medevac from the game. So everyone in the the game thinks that Jamie has a real idol. Yeah, but we are saying potentially if she like showed people or showed somebody and you could figure it out that no that looks like that was made by like you know tree man right. uh, or, the, or the beads on that person's bag or Where did get those beads he got maybe somehow maybe we're not being shown other conversations where people are like oh my goodness it's a fake idol we're not going to tell her <laughs> no yeah. i'm kidding. I, Who knows? I, don't, I don't know i think even if it is fake like you still have to in the back of your mind as someone who's you know interacting with jamie have to realize like that could be a real idol you know that could be right one. So, okay right. i and would you know say what? yeah so queen jamie is doing the best she can okay so just and you know what alone. i love her positivity <laughs> i'm serious she like you 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 could not love her like she her smile is she's just beautiful and like i do love her we're obviously just analyzing her She's so happy to be there. Yeah. Yes. And I, I really appreciate that as it's well. You want, you want to watch people who are happy to be there and who are yes. playing the game hard. And that's what exactly. She's doing, right? Yes. All right. And loving it. Okay. Good point. Now we love Agreed. Her. We love her. <laughs> We're now, fi- now find a real idol. <laughs> okay. Also, before we move on, so yeah. I guess their their tribe name is Vava. Like, man, they yes. did we get any sort of anything on the episode of when they named the tribe or I think that was how that happened? Yeah, well, I think that was when we covered Merge Madness. Oh my goodness. And well, then maybe we didn't even talk about it that episode. So do we know who named Fava? Because well, was I that think, a part of the show? Yeah, it was. Yes. I, I might be wrong, but I think Jam Jam said that Jam. Vava yeah. set, means 4-4 four, four in some in some language. Yeah, season, season 44. 44. But I don't okay. know what language. Fair enough. Well, yeah. I am once again just showing that my short-term memory is not what it should be, but... <laughs> All right. I'll All get right. the short. You get the long. Perfect. Okay. And Lena gets everything. All right. <laughs> okay. So, okay. No, I'm not getting everything. My, yeah, no. But um, moving on here. So we go through this idol frenzy. We see everybody searching. Kane, like everybody's in the bush searching. People are like, eh, I don't want to search, but then they do. Um, and then we have an amazing moment for Heidi. I was so happy for her because she thinks this is her best moment yet. Um, she can play this idol that she finds all the way until there's just five players left in the game. And her plan is to tell no one. And she just checked something off her bucket list. So um, I'm happy. I'm happy that Heidi has an idol. I think actually she takes a lot of leadership. I think she got a lot of flack last episode for her choice. Was that last episode where she had to choose how to use that advantage and how to tell somebody to vote? And she, you know, I think didn't really take ownership of her game in that moment. I understand why she did it to stay on like Franny's good side. But I think that's a reflection of how well Franny's playing. I was super happy yep. for Heidi. What do y'all think? I actually was like, no, <laughs> when she found it, I oh. out loud said no, because I, I mean, I actually really like Heidi. Um, when they were having that conversation either last week or the week before, I agree with you, Lynette. I think she's a strong woman who communicates well in a group setting and she's able to like articulate what she's thinking and maybe i don't know maybe people think that's oversharing regardless i if i was in her position i wouldn't have been able to have as good of conversations as she would as as she's having with people anyways i just thought the way it was edited and the way it was like happening on screen 
I don't know. I think I was really expecting it to be like Danny or like Carson or I don't know, somebody else. And so when it was her, I felt a little like anticlimactic, but again, good for her. I'm always happy for people when they work hard and find an idol, but I don't know. What did you think, Hel? Yeah. Um, I think that I'm very, I was, yeah, one second, happy that Heidi found the idol uh, to just go along, I guess, with the, what you guys are you're saying and to go back to last episode i know there was a lot of conversation around was that a good move that heidi made and it's high risk move absolutely but i think one thing that heidi was also doing in that moment was she was ensuring that um you know she has better standing with the people that she's sharing that information with because you know how she says it was like well like i shouldn't be really telling you guys this but like danny actually has an idol and so like she's also building trust with those people in that moment, right? right? Um, sorry, like this, the story that we've been told so far is not really Heidi-centric, so I don't know if she's gonna necessarily go on to win the game, but for her as an individual player in that moment, I think she was trying to just, of course, further her group's cause, which was to get out Brandon, but also to just form a more individual level of trust with the people on Tika, which I think is great gameplay because you wanna set yourself apart from I forget what Heidi's original tribe name is, but you want to set yourself apart from okay. Danny and Franny, right? And mm -hmm. so we'll see, I guess, how that ultimately goes for Heidi. But I think it was more layered gameplay than maybe other people have given her credit for. But uh, and in this moment, yeah, happy for Heidi. I have her on my uh, on my fantasy lineup this week, so I was very happy to get those points. Awesome. Um, and, uh, and yeah, we'll just see what happens. Like she sat on the idol, this tribal, she didn't play it. So she has an idol. Carolyn has an idol. I'm very excited to see, I guess, moving forward. There's eight people in the game. So there's only three tribals left that they can play it on. And ooh, there's going to be some good tribals ahead. Crazy. Looking yeah. forward to that. Crazy. Agreed. Agreed. Yes. Well said. All right. So we have them find the idol. Heidi's not going to tell anybody. We have a very cool drone shot zooming into uh, their camp. And I haven't seen that shot before where it's just like the sun is shining in. They're all lying around the fire. And um, what really comes out of it is that they're all able to connect on a human level opposed to a game level. And they're sitting there playing I Spy. Um, which it kind of led me to thinking like how many games do they play on the island like this yeah. or or what if this was a survivor at home event? We're just like all like playing ice file on our on our zooms. Um, and we have Lynette to... Martin. First off, it's not called I Spy. It's called Veo Veo. Uh, so let's... Not. no parlez-vous espagnol. <laughs> I oh, is that Spanish? Is it Spanish? Veo, I don't. Veo? I don't. That's just what that's just what Jam Jam said. It's called Veo oh, Veo. And I then you say that. a letter. Right. I apologize. Yeah. Veo yeah. Veo, not I Spy. Veo Veo. Yeah. <laughs> but is it like I Spy? I would have said oh, I Spy too, but it's, it's I, well, no, I it's well, starting. I spy, I spy is like, I spy with my little eye something that is brown. <laughs> yeah. Right? And then right. so you go from there. But Veo Veo, you would say, okay, as well, the example from the episode was F, and then it was Firewood. <laughs> I so not, love that. Like, I yeah, would love to a, play that game. Let's play it next time when we're together. Time. Yeah. Hey, wait, Veo, I. Veo. Hey, I'm not going to say I would love to play that game. I do think it's a good game. Like, if you're just, like, sitting around kind of bored, it could be, like, maybe okay. a little bit fun. First of all, um, the reason I use the word love is because I play a lot of I Spy with my kids. So this is, like, <laughs> next level <laughs> excitement. Like, next, yeah, leveling up. Leveling up I Spy. So 
I stand by that. Okay, true. Okay, good point. So I'm playing with with. All with right. Well, we'll have a few guys. beers and we'll play drunk uh, veo veo next time. <laughs> I was going to say, I can see maybe being fun if there's some drinks, but deal. Um, okay. So the the really great part that comes out of this, you know, we see uh, Jamie and Franny painting the flag. We talk. Yam Yam has like actually an interesting confessional where I actually couldn't figure out what he was saying. Was he saying tack 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 talking, or what? Did you catch that? I, I should have put the subtitles on. I have no memory of this. Kel? Yeah, I don't really recall what, what this is about either, as, you know, it's been well established this episode, <laughs> this episode of the podcast. My short-term memory isn't the best. But I, I think oh, no. uh, if I vaguely remember what he was talking about, I think that there was just a lot of talking on the beach. I don't know. I don't remember. Oh, was he <laughs> saying talk, right. talk, 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 talk? That's yeah. what I thought, but I wanted to confirm if that's what you all thought as well. That he just like was like, it's not always like we're at each other. It's like we're actually talking. Oh, that's definite. I'm gonna I'm gonna put my money on it and say that's what he was saying, even though I don't remember it. Yeah, um, yeah I I took less detailed notes this time because you're taking taking the lead. <laughs> so I'll like, lay that <laughs> on your feet. <laughs> okay, well we'll lay it in the survivor fans' feet. What was uh? Yam Yam saying there, what kind of, what, what kind of, what was he saying? Tack, 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 tack. Um, but out of it comes a really, um, Carolyn sharing. And I think this is like, yes, um, I was just, yeah, I didn't cry, but I actually was really touched by her sharing, uh, in that circle with everybody, <clears throat> you know, she starts playing the Vava game. Oh no, the Veve game, the I spy veo. game. Yeah. Veo, veo, forget. Veo, sorry. veo. Okay. Sorry, uh, veo veo, and Kellen says is right, and they all laugh, and it's like, I mean, Lauren says like kind of like an under, I don't know, like she needs art, not art therapy, speech, speech therapy. therapy. We need some speech therapy over here. I was like, okay, come on. But um, Carolyn then talks about being sober for thirteen years, that she loves connecting, being real, <clears throat> and one really like significant topic that we we don't have to like discuss really in depth, but I just love that she brought to the forefront that addiction does not discriminate. You know, mm -hmm. you can grow up in like yeah. an amazing house from the outside or home and have like amazing parents. But, you know, if you um, have an addiction or struggle with or become an addict or whatever, like that, it doesn't discriminate. And I think we can like look down on people who potentially um, have addictions or, or, you know, we all have, you know, you could say like, I drink coffee every morning. That is like an addiction. If I don't have it, like I, I get a headache. And I thought this part of the episode was so uh, beautiful. I love what it brought to the forefront and that she just talked about, she's no longer ashamed of this, of her story. And that um, she started to like her life after she got out of her addiction. Oh, like amazing. Yes. yes. And I loved, I love, yeah. I love how she even said something about like, not struggling to wake up every morning or something like that. And um, yeah, I, I actually did definitely tear up during this whole segment. I just love her so much. Like, I think, I think she's a very obviously big character. Um, so I'm so thankful to see now that she is connecting with people. And I thought it was so cute how, what did she say? She said something along the lines of who has been, a, who feels like, a weird kid or who's when ever felt yes when have you felt like a weird kid yeah and it just that picture was like camp counselor carolyn and like all the kids around her is like me me like i just thought it was such a cute 
I don't know, not, not childish in a bad way, but just sweet inner child moment of them all being like, yeah. And to me in that moment, she just looked like such a leader. And so I really hope Carolyn goes far. And I think people have, we've talked about this, or you guys, people have talked about this in the podcast, um, how people are underestimating her. And so I'm really hopeful that this is like a glimpse now of us seeing her connect with people and people realizing, oh, she's like this deep person who is smart. And so I was thrilled with this portion. Yeah. I mean, I'll also go on record today. I just, I really liked it too. And yeah, I was bawling my eyes out. I was also crying as oh, Rochelle yes. was crying. Three for three. <laughs> no, I'm joking. I wasn't crying. I was going to take a shot at Lynette because Lynette Stop. said that she didn't cry. And I also wanted to, you know, people in that cried. Helvig, come on. Did you <laughs> no, tear what, though? Like glistening? No, anything? it was honestly, the social work in me was like, yes, yes, yes. First off, break the stigma of addiction because yeah. addiction is a very, you know, serious topic. And Lynette, I know that you brought, brought up, you know, the the topic of being addicted to coffee, but there are people out there who are like, yeah, I don't drink coffee. Like I want to bring, you know, that energy out on my own. It's like, mm. get over yourself. Like coffee is an essential <laughs> part of my morning, you know? And that's, and that's on the, like on the coffee level, you know? Yeah. And you know, I, when I talk to people about addiction, first off, you know, the dopamine hits of just um, in, in real and sorry, not in life, in real life, but in life where like, where you, you know, graduate high school, you get your license where you're accomplishing these things. Right. And how I explain, you know, addiction to people who maybe don't know that know about addiction is that you drugs, you know, hard drugs, they sort of like skip the process of accomplishing something and just give you like that massive dopamine hit. Right. And so mm, when you're working right. with people who, you know, maybe are just very going through a very difficult situation, and they're able to get this feeling of just happiness and just, you know, ecstasy. Um, of course, they're going to keep going back to that, right? Because they're already in such a hard place in life. And so there's just such not a lot of conversation around addiction and, yeah. you know, why why people are there, how people get there and how they can get out. And for Carolyn to just bring that to a national level, an international level, really. Yeah. I, yeah. I just, I, I really enjoyed that conversation. Yeah. And I was sitting on my couch, you know, you know, whooping and just, you know, just really, really loving it. Totally. Uh, and then of course you have the scene of Carolyn and Jam Jam on the rock stretching and celebrating life. Like, no, get off the rock. Yes. <laughs> oh <laughs> my goodness. Yeah. I know Matt get and Matthew did rock. not go well for him. Totally. <laughs> yeah. No, I got oh nervous for a second too, for sure. I got nervous for them as well. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like it was an epic shot. I think like production wanted to show like she's free, you know, like she's yeah. free to be herself. And like, it was a cool shot to enhance that story, Absolutely. but definitely threw some fear in there. Um, and a few other things I just wanted to note that like, you know, Franny notes that she loves her, that she loves Carolyn, that she saw herself. Um, and one strategic part of all of this is that Carolyn was like, I want people to keep thinking that I don't know what I'm doing, that I'm out here to have fun. I'm not strategic. I'm not trying to do anything. And this is good for me. You cannot control how people look at you, but I can control what I'm doing. And uh, that was just great for her. I actually, we don't need to stay on this too long, but I, that actually worries me at this point in the game. And I understand what Carolyn's saying, but I hope that at some point people do clue in because people are like, they're members of the jury. People are starting to go on the jury, right? So you want people to be aware of your social game. What moves are you making? And so Mm -hmm. I don't know. 
I, I yeah. do think you need to play your cards a little bit, start showing them, right. Start showing right. your hand here and there, plant those seeds because otherwise you end up at the end and people are like, yeah, you were a great person, but what did you do? So I, I hear that. And I agree with you overall, but I will, you know, play devil's advocate and just say a large part of survival survivor is the social game and just ensuring that, you know, you have a lot of strong relationships and that people ultimately like you. Right. And I think sometimes, right. and this is probably true for maybe Gabler, especially is that sometimes people just need you to say something at the very end and just like, here's what I did in this moment here. And that'll be enough. If mm. you, first off, they need to like you in some capacity and then just give them a reason to vote for you. Stand up to the smallest bit of scrutiny. And that sometimes that can be enough. Yeah. And, you know, we'll get to Danny later, but I think Danny really bungled up his game this episode. So we'll get to that. I agree. I guess. Okay. We'll get to that moving forward. Well, um, good point. Yeah, I, I, I do think, yeah, Carolyn is, a, is in a really good spot. So, yeah. Point, point taken. So, so that ends day 16. They come, we're right. They didn't have to do anything that day. Now, day 17 is challenge day and tribal council. So um, the day starts, people are sleepy and hungry and grumpy. Okay, I was trying to be. I mean, that's all true. Yeah, I mean, they'll they'll highlight that later on. Wait, were you trying to name the seven dwarves? Yes, it was. And sneezy, and then I was like, I can't remember the rest. Because we're we're just sitting here being like, yep, yep, it's all true. They are sleepy. They're grumpy. They're hungry. Okay, and Jamie's happy. She's so happy. Oh, Queen Jamie. Who's the doc? Okay, keep going. Yeah, no, doc is just named doc. I don't no, I know, but who, no, I know, but what's survivor? Oh, who, oh, doc? who is the doc? Oh, Franny. Franny is doc, totally. Yeah, Franny. Yes. Yeah, Franny's doc. Okay. Yep. Actually, Franny is so great. Okay, so who's dopey? Okay, keep going. <laughs> keep going. I mean, Obviously, jam, jam. Uh, no, it's what? jam, jam. Okay, who sneezes? No, because Dopey doesn't even talk, and Jam Jam talks okay, right. so oh, okay. much. Uh, actually, wait, nobody's Dopey. I can't believe that's I, actually a character in Snow White. I would have said Matt. Wait, oh, uh, okay, high. yeah, but there's seven like, dwarves and there's eight people in the game. So wait, did you say he's not high? <laughs> he's not in the game. He's oh, okay, the sorry. Game. Yeah. Okay. All right, we're, okay. we're moving okay. on. So, anyways. Everybody is sleepy and has no energy. Um, Carson, I feel terrible for him. He says he's literally starving. They are eating unripe papayas um, and grilling them, which looks absolutely like it does not look appetizing to me. Um, he says it is what is it? It's Survivor. For me, I'm just like, okay, oh yeah, I wanted to ask you, what's the longest you've gone without eating? Well, when I was in high school, I did a little thing called a 30 day famine, 30 hour famine. <laughs> 30 <laughs> <laughs> the 30 hour famine the 30 hour famine so okay but really quick story is one time i did it with three different youth groups in like the same month and the third time i did it my mom talked to uh mrs king our youth leader and they pulled me aside and they were like so my mom told us that this is the third time you're doing the 30 hour famine so we think that you should go to subway and just go go get a sub <laughs> Stop it. Stop it. No. Yeah, this happened. And so I was like, okay, like 
I guess so. <laughs> if that's what you want me to do, like I'll go do it. <laughs> like, like honestly, hey. sorry. Like as if thirty hours. I mean, it is a long time for a young boy to not be eating. Yes, a young yeah teenagers. You too, and women too. Yes, sorry. Yeah, I, I, I did it three times, people. and I guess. If if my mom, you know, went to the youth leader and said that, there's no way the youth leader is like, no, he needs to do the 30 hours he's cold or he's going to have to leave. Well, I actually think they've stopped in the 30-hour famine because they ran nope. into... What? It's still it's going still on. Going? Yep. Okay, yep, let's hear sure. from the youth pastors of the uh, CHI, or C-A-H community. That still S- happens. S-A-H. Oh, <laughs> Do they still do the Terry Fox run? Is that a thing? We did it yesterday. My school did it yesterday. Yeah, oh my gosh, Terry Fox is a can he is he should be a global hero. hero. Well, he is. Yeah. Okay. I yeah. agree. I just read the book with my kids the other day. The book, his biography. It he's amazing. I cr- I cried reading it. Like I was like, like 18 years old. Yes, yeah. like hero. I Iconic. I know. Yeah, actually, they okay. The the show that they made us show the kids, or sorry, it's a mini documentary. It was 10 minutes long. I should send it out to everybody. It I had me in tears. And I yes. was like trying not to look at the students as like I was watching the documentary. Oh. It is so inspirational. It's like oh, he's, 18, 18, yeah. you could do this. Or this, I mean, not that I would want cancer on anybody, but like, yeah, amazing. And then he ran yeah. across Canada. That was just I know. cool. I know. So there I am sitting in New York City, drinking a beer uh, with other Survivor fans because that's what I did oh. uh, pre-pandemic. And I just mentioned, oh, I'm from Winnipeg. And, and one of the guys is like, well, do you know why Terry Fox died in Thunder Bay? I was like, well, why? No. Because he knew that his next stop was Winnipeg. No. No. How dare they? How dare, <laughs> yeah. how dare they? Dark. I thought oh, you were there. Uh, no. <laughs> I thought you were going to say he was born in Winnipeg. Was yeah. it? Yes. yes. Was I, that's where, that's where I thought you were going with. Like, like they no. knew he was born in Winnipeg. And then it I got know, so I... dark. Dark. <laughs> <laughs> People. <laughs> to be fair, I yeah. don't want to live in Winnipeg. But <laughs> hey, I but live in Winnipeg by choice. And I love Winnipeg. I yeah, also Winnipeg think advocate. Winnipeg is pretty cool. Yes. Yeah. You I know what? Great. I love Winnipeg great. as a city. I hate being cold. So, like, it's just really hard for me. To ra- I mean, I go there to visit my our our parents, Lynette. But yeah, um, it is a really cool city. Yeah, it is. It is. I agree. Yeah, so it's well, very underrated. Let the record city, show a, a secret yeah. jewel in the crown that is the prairies, and that's where I live. So if you ever want a big dear listener, come come look me up. I okay. I will say that Winnipeg probably is like the best city in the prairies. Is it a jewel within Canada? I'm not sure. I would go that far on the crown of Canada, but uh, we should keep going here because we're an hour in and we need to keep going. Are you ready? Let's get ready. to two hours, baby. <laughs> hey, <laughs> the longest we've gone without eating is 30 day. Oh no, 30 hours. And the tribe mates here haven't eaten. They're on day six, 17 now and not really eating very much. Um, so they're very hungry. Tree meal comes. They know that they're going to have to negotiate rice for a price. Um, they go through all the different options. Lauren's uh, not willing to negotiate for rice. Danny's completely embarrassed. Franny notices at this point that Tika's in the middle, super perceptive on her part, mm-hmm. which I feel like I would have. I mean, I you think in hindsight you would do all these things, but like it seems so obvious to me that Tika's just floating back and forth. Um, 
And then Carson wants to give up his spot. He's instantly in on this. So as we walk into this challenge, um, we see that there's like, you know, a wood thing with a ball that you have to hold against a pig, right? Looks like pretty straightforward. Don't have to go into much detail about how, oh, and then you have to stand on one foot. What I'm wondering right. from both of you is, would you, how do you feel about this debate about sitting out of a challenge for rice? Are you in Danny's boat? I feel like he sees it very black and white that it's like, no, absolutely not. We're here to play survivor. Or would you be somewhere in the middle, like Kane saying, well, it's a risk assessment. Like I would potentially, right. what, what do you two right. think about this? Yeah. I mean, I think, I think that Kane, yeah, Kane said what I also was thinking like you wait till you get there to see what the challenge is and then you decide what makes sense for you um I know for myself I I feel like what Danny was saying I would identify with as well because I'm I can't imagine sitting out of a challenge like I just can't imagine but I'm also not starving so it's really hard for me to sit here and say that but I I, I was actually I'm such a hypocrite because I was totally with Danny watching the show like I can't believe people are even considering sitting out like it's a disgrace and then today like I forgot to eat lunch and it was like four o'clock I was starving and like sorry I wasn't starving but I was like lightheaded I was grumpy I was and then so anyways point being I don't know what I actually would do when it came down to it Kel uh yeah I definitely am in Danny's camp I think on paper I would never sit out of a challenge despite, you know, how great of a position I am. I don't think it's a good look to sit out of a challenge. I think you want to compete and you want to, um, you know, just have a shot at immunity. I, every time that I've played any sort of online reality game or in-person game, like I always think I'm going home that tribal council. So I think to have a shot at immunity is important. And I would love to, I've never won any immunity. No, I think I actually did once, but yeah, I, I would not sit out, but exactly what Rochelle is saying, like I've been in situations where like, I'll go, yeah, like five hours without eating. And I'm just like, okay, I, I need something now. Or even like, if I'm just driving, yeah. driving through Winnipeg, great city, by the way. And I just think, okay, Qdoba, like the idea of like Qdoba, just a really great uh, burrito place. And I will like, just diver whatever I'm driving and I will go to Qdoba and I will order what I want because it's just crossed yes. my mind and I wanted it like, like five minutes ago, you know? Yeah. So when you're exactly what you're saying, when you're, you know, sleeping in just miserable conditions and there's this option yeah. for like, okay, you know, we can get you some more beans. What, yeah. like, what would I do in that situation? Yeah. I would probably seriously consider, you know, sitting out, but I just think it's also important to have just a larger discussion on like, what do you really want to watch when you're viewing Survivor? You're like, do you really want to watch people just starving and just like laying down and getting to the point of almost fainting? Or do you want people who are, you know, I don't know if they need to just, you know, obviously not give them food, but if they could sort of integrate receiving food into like a different way yeah. of the game. Because True. as we see, when they eventually do negotiate for more rice, like gameplay just picks right up which is what we yeah. want to see as viewers, yeah. you know? So I would like to see survivors somehow integrate castaways receiving food, maybe not necessarily through negotiation, because I think that's such a BS way for them to do it. Like, I really appreciate that castaways started doing that a few seasons ago, and then the show, you know, obviously ran with it. But for them to, you know, have it just as a built-in mechanism in the game, like, that just doesn't sit well with me. 
Yeah. yeah. So that's, I mean, that's, that's my thought. Yeah. That's a great point. Um, yeah, yeah. Because you see the gameplay pick up once they have food and taking, I thought though before, like a few seasons ago, they did get rice. They always had rice. They still were hungry, but they had access to rice. Isn't that? They had a bag of rice spread, usually. Right? Yeah. Uh, well, I remember. And I they were it portioning was... it out. Yes. This was, and they negotiated rice or sorry, oh, what's the? No, no. no, didn't all tribes get rice before and they would portion it out to make sure that it lasted them the days that they were there. Or like normally one of like the first reward challenges would be like, instead of fish gear, maybe like rice. I don't know why I'm remembering that too, that there was rice no, and I they think would they be just like portioning it out. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I mean, like the fishing gear is such a BS prize because you actually have to understand how to use the tools. And, you know, to think about like a cost benefit analysis, like the cost of actually like going to swim for fish, like all that energy, 100%. That you're exhausting, you know, 100%. look at Ryan, what last season or two seasons ago, where he was out fishing all the time and he just lost out on strategy yeah, and he mm-hmm. like, it did not get him any goodwill with the tribe at all. Yeah. Like he, the payoff, there's no out. win. Yeah. There, there's not, no win at all. No. So I, like I know. Subscriber. Yeah. Yeah. And Survivor has done a lot of different methods over the years of starting with no food sometimes or starting with very limited food or, okay. but I mean, at the end of the day, like, what does that do for the viewing experience? Like, I don't really yeah. notice it, you know, but yeah. I think when you're out there, you obviously do. And just having maybe like the bare minimum of rice every day, I think, I think it's probably the move, but how, yeah. how the game, how the producers, I guess, want to integrate that into the game is up yeah. to them. But I, I yeah. think having you know, some, some rice, just like the swimming, like the swimming, some, some seasons, they don't give them their the swimming gear at all. And it's like, why? Yeah. Like, how does that add to the TV show? Like it doesn't, you know, like yeah. give them swimsuits. Yeah. So agreed. I don't know. I'll agreed. get off my soapbox right now, but quickly, Lynette, w- would you sit out if there was I would, potential? I mean, yeah, I think I don't think I would. However, then I was reflecting. I feel like I did that in a Survivor at Home challenge where I sat out to give my chance to, I want to say Lindsay to get back in the game. I could be remembering that wrong. So it, so I, I did it then. But like, is that the I Lindsay was, that we voted out who played in Germany? Yeah, that is the Lindsay. Mm, yeah. So yes, who I guess who who benefited from Lindsay going home? Who was that? I did. Rochelle, yep. Rochelle yep. benefited from Lindsay going home. Is she a I villain? Hard, hard to say, but you know we don't need to. We don't need to hash this out. But I was not part of that decision process <laughs> because I was not in any conversations. I came in, heard Lindsay. Even if I wrote down someone else's name, I mean, maybe I should have. I should have wrote down someone else's name. No, I'll I'll throw him under the bus. It was Bryson. Bryson. I was not, was I wasn't going to name him. I wasn't yeah. going to name him. So who's the villain now? <laughs> <laughs> so no, obviously like, yeah, Bryson through, uh, uh, sorry, what was her name again? Lindsay. Lindsay. I was going to say Stephanie, uh, Lindsay's name out. And so there, we threw up the L's. And so obviously I wanted to keep you because of our prior relationship. And, oh, and I didn't. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and oh, you didn't really, you know, you didn't return the favor later on that game. It, it is what it is, right? Some of us are heroes, some of us are villains. It's just, 
<laughs> and you know what? We're all friends. We're still friends. Yep, we're still friends. We made it okay, friends. so you're we not sure. Okay, so so you're not sure. Okay, no. And it, it is interesting, just like to go through who, like Heidi takes the lead in the negotiations. Lauren just offers herself up first, which is funny because the like previously she's like, no, I'm not going to do it. Then Carson immediately is like, yeah, I'll do it, right? And we right. just all knew Carson was going to do it. Yeah. Um. Then Kane volunteers and then Heidi volunteers. And I did think it was interesting to note that Franny like tried to whisper over to Jamie. Just like trying to get Jamie to. Uh, I didn't hear what you said. What did she whisper? She, she's like, I haven't heard your name yet. And he said oh. that to Jamie, which is okay. like a good move on her part. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, Jamie raises her hand and then says no. She's like, I have something <laughs> to say. I'm not going to do it. <laughs> um, um, so. Yeah. I, I'll just say one quick point. I, I don't know if you guys feel this way, but I could not believe that there wasn't any negotiation. Was there negotiating or am I not remembering really. correctly? Like, no. oh, I know what it was. It was four people had to give up a spot, right? Yep. So they should, the first rebuttal should have been, we'll give up one person for rice. No, one, one. And then Jeff says three. Okay, two. Like there was none of that. And I don't know what it's like to be starving and not thinking clearly, but anyways. Yeah, I agree. There wasn't really a lot of negotiation. Jeff was like, I want four people. And they're like, okay, which four of us is going to be? It's like, uh, push <laughs> back, guys. So something that I did want to flag up was that there was some intertribal negotiations happening. So we have Carolyn, Carson, and Danny all saying that they will not vote for those who sit out. Of course, uh, Carolyn and Carson are among the sit out. So that's kind of, you know, okay, you know, kind of cute for them to uh, say that. But they actually do go on to vote for the person who was eventually voted out. Um, so I just, I just wanted to, I'll, I'll get more onto, onto that later, but I just thought that was a very interesting uh, part of the negotiations for who was going to sit out. Yeah, that's so true. Cause like, okay. So Danny's like, I'm not going to vote for anybody who sits out. He actually like initiates that conversation. It wasn't even like somebody brought it up. He's like, I won't vote for you. And then I was like, okay, I don't believe him. Then Carolyn was like, oh, same. I won't either. And I actually believed her, but in the end she didn't care. She's like, well, I'm going to vote who I want to vote out. Um, so interesting. So the people who are competing in this challenge are Carolyn, Jamie, Yam Yam, Danny, and Franny. And that's the order that they go out. Carolyn goes out, Jamie goes out, Yam Yam goes out. And then for five minutes, we have a standoff between Danny and Franny with Franny coming out for the win. And I'm super happy for Franny. Although, do you think it was at all disadvantaged with her height? Like she's taller than Danny. And I was, I was trying to see if the challenges had actually like adjusted for their height. Did they adjust that challenge at all? Uh, yeah, I think, they are. I think they're built, they're built to height. Everything is built to, well, weighted oh, challenges are. height. Oh, yeah. Okay, so it's, it's built okay. for that specific person. Yeah. Oh, they, yeah. I don't know exactly. how. Yeah. There's, so they have people called the dream team who run the challenges. So there's people who are sort of like approximately every castaway's build. And then they do oh, cool. a dry run through of the challenges to make sure that everything runs properly. And mm-hmm. I don't know if the, you know everyone's exactly the same height as their corresponding castaway, but but yeah, everything is sort of tailored to the individual castaway. That's why when you see um, where there's like the white shots of who's standing where, there are some gaps, right? They weren't yeah. all like all people clustered together. Like you had to go to your individual uh, station that was tailored to your height. So she she won fair and square with you know the body she has and. Danny lost with the body yeah. that he has. So yeah, it's quite remarkable in a lot of different ways. And you could see when he, yeah. Danny loses, he does like, you know, who knows what he said, but it was a very, just like a very like 
And I, I can't honestly, when in the heat of the moment, like you're expecting to win and you want to win and you're right there at the very end. So I, I did, I did empathize with Danny in that moment. Cause yeah, losing when you're right there sucks. It sucks. Uh, heartbreaking. Yeah. So yeah. heartbreaking. So, but like, yeah, I'm so happy for Franny that she won. Okay. Fair square. Thanks for pointing that out. I actually wondered why there's gaps in the, like where they all were standing. Um, after the challenge, Lauren's happy that she set out. It was totally worth it. Kane sat out because he didn't think he could win the challenge. And he kind of brings this up in travel council as well. But I kind of want to know, like when you go on to survivor, I feel like you need to have this belief in yourself that you're going to win. You're going to win these challenges. You're mm. going to win the game of survivor. And we know the end of his story, which is tonight. But like, I was just like, Kane, come on you can win their plan. They, you know, they create these challenges so that technically like, you know, if you have the mental toughness, you could win. And so I was really disappointed right. in him and just maybe question his game. I didn't know he was going to get voted out at that point, but I just questioned him. I was like, Hey, come on, man. You don't even want to win. I, uh, yeah, yeah. To, to further that, I think you have to have, we used the word delusional this episode of the podcast. You almost have to have this delusional opinion of yourself and of your standing to play these games, to play these, obviously we do, you know, our own survivor home experience, but if you're ever on like big brother, the challenge survivor, amazing race, Canada, you want to have, yeah, just this unwavering belief in who you are as a person that you can accomplish whatever task is before you. Right. And when you see yourself on TV and you're doing these like cringy confessionals, you know, of course the editors are going to have like a field day with that, but when you're in the moment and you have like a one in 18 chance of a million dollars, like, sure you know like edit me however you want but i'm gonna believe in me and that i could hopefully win this whole game so i commend people who go on these tv shows because you're putting a lot of your know your personal life your rep, rep, reputation up you know for people to poke fun at and it, it 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 is a lot so you know what queen jamie is doing what she can with what she has okay <laughs> So you, you people just leave her alone. Leave her alone. <laughs> I like how you cycled it back to her because I, I was thinking as you're talking, I was like, this is a perfect pitch for Jamie. Like, you know, she's believing in herself. She believes that she has that yes. magic wand. Yeah, I'm I'm the lone Jamie stan in this survivor home community. And I, I you know, I'll, I'll wear that with I love on. it. Um, okay. so after the challenge, we have a bunch of confessionals talking like specifically about how food is so good for them. And Kel, I think you brought up that great point before, just like, we want to see this. This is the kind of TV we want to see. Give the people food. Um, Yam Yam wakes up. Heidi, I think it's good to note that she makes this plan to work with Tika to vote out Kane. Like, I feel, I'm not sure if this is where it originated, but Heidi's the one who vocalized it first. Um, and then of course, Carson says, let's vote out sorry, let's flush the idol with Jamie. And we, I, I'm going to keep Carson actually is a really good vehicle for trying to keep Tika together. Like, I'm not sure if he's the glue that's keeping Tika together, like Carolyn and Yam Yam. Cause Carson's like very, mm. he's actually so good at diffusing situations. Like Carolyn will be like, blah, 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 and he's like, yeah. Oh, I know, I know we could do that, but we could also do this. Like he he's, yeah. I think he's very good with his social game. Oh, Carson is so smart. And there's a moment where he's talking to Carolyn on the beach and you see that, you know, Jam Jam really wants to go for Kane. Carolyn really wants to go for, for Danny. And Carolyn's like, I not yeah, Danny. She's like, I, I don't trust him at all. Like I do, like, I don't trust, I don't trust him at all. And I forget exactly what he says. I saw what she says, but Carson replies with, well, that's why we have each other, you know? And mm -hmm. so like immediately bringing it back to like, okay, it's us, it's us. 
Like he is so it's good. So he is so, he is so good. Yeah. Yes. So he's right. amazing. He's like, what, 20 years old? Once again, I'm not going to fall for the trap that he did with Xander and Sammy, but <laughs> man, these like young guys that they're casting on Survivor are just like next level. Like, man. Yeah. So anyway, right. Yeah, you're rude. Keep my praise on Carson. Hope he, you know, I th- hope he does well. I think he's going to do well in this game, but we'll just see. We'll see if he can win. I've been burned twice already. I mean, he's, we'll see. I know. I felt the same way about Xander too. Like I just, that was so shocking to me. It took me so long to get over that. But with Carson, I'm just like so worried. I mean, again, his social game is so strong. So I think that will really be apparent if he makes it like far or close to the end. Um, But like, yeah, I just, I have like PTSD from like what has happened already. So I'm just really hoping, I mean, he's, he's been a challenge beast with the puzzles. He's so articulate. He's so smart. I really think he'll be able to, I think that was Xander's one of his downfalls is he wasn't able to articulate well um, to the jury why he was such, you know, a good player and had made all these behind the scene moves um, and his social game wasn't as strong. So that's where Carson is stepping it up excelling that's where he's excelling absolutely yeah absolutely that's, no but we'll, yeah. we'll we'll see it we'll see how it goes for him mm-hmm. yeah big, so, big Carson fan for sure yeah big Carson fan he's been sick I feel like he's kind of been out of the game a little bit and it's nice to see him back in it this episode um we see a whole bunch of other confessionals about all the which ways uh that the vote can go which is great for survivor right you know last episode I'm actually getting my weeks messed up, mixed up, but I think, you know, a portion of the people couldn't get voted out. A bunch of people had immunity. And here we finally have a big tribal council. Um, we have Jamie saying, let's flip votes. Lauren wants Danny out. Kane's trying to make plans as well. Um, they're afraid of the knowledge is power advantage, which is like, of course they are, even though we know as the audience that it's not even in and play. And that's where the exchange happens from Jamie giving her fake idol to Kane. Um, Franny brings up so this is also significant she brings up to her alliance members danny and heidi hey look at um tika they're all together they have they're floating between the groups they have a lot of power what if we vote on yam yam ratu voto carolyn in the tie then we go for yam yam and danny shuts her down so hard so quickly like no and he even uses the language that is illogical to me. They have too many advantages on rat two. That's powerful that we need to target. Meanwhile, in my head, I'm like, well, isn't power also the people who are calling the shots? Like Tika is calling the shots right now. Um, and so that's where we get the, the quote of this episode or sorry, the title of this episode, sleeping under the wing of a dragon. Franny, I love you, but you got to play smart. What do you two think? See, I I see both sides, and both sides have very valid points. Um, and I really, in Survivor history, you just see where a tribe comes in with a minority, and they somehow just get their way to the end. And this is exactly what we're seeing here today, right? It's just this tribe of three coming into, um, yeah, I guess this big the merge, and just just sorely skating by every time, and. Franny is right to flag that up and just be like, hey, just, you know, just so you know, Danny, that, you know, these people are, you know, are going to be a concern at some point. And in the confessional, he says, you know, it it feels like Franny wants to go against family. And it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Okay. So 
if if you're sort of viewing these people as family, at what point are you going to get, you know, I don't say get rid of them, but vote them out. Um, and so I think that should be a concern of Franny. It's like, okay, well, am I in Danny's long-term plan then if he's kind of like ride or dying with Tika? Um, and if, if he is, then maybe I should start looking elsewhere. But, but yeah, I, I also do think that Danny does have a point that, you know, the other side does have a lot of advantages and you sort of need to deal with them at some point. But at another point, you, you do need to, you know, start eliminating Tikas. So it's, it's really tough to say. I think I would have gone with, at this point, voting out Kane. I think that was probably the correct move for this particular tribal council. But I think it's, it's honestly like 49-51. It's, it's, really, it's a really tough call in this situation because you do see in survivor history a lot of minority alliances getting to the end. Yeah, I did not see it going towards Kane. So, uh, um, and I also have been like reading into the title of the episode. Like there's been a couple episodes now where they quote the person who's been voted out and like use a quote that they've said, right. As the title. So as soon as Danny said that the, the dragon thing, I was like, I think my mind just was like in panic mode. Like, cause I, I mean, I know we've Danny's a, a hot topic, but I, I've been kind of rooting for him since the beginning. So anyways, I was just shocked that it was Kane. Yeah. Yeah, no, I was rooting for, I was. I have been rooting for Danny as well. You know, he's similar age, huge enthusiasm for the game. And I really, you know, I don't see a lot of myself in Danny, but I think I, I just love watching him play and just how, how he's been, you know, doing so far. But I just think he's had a few missteps the last few episodes. And that's, yeah, completely completely understandable but yeah to speak to your confusion i yeah i in my second rewatch of the show i completely missed where they brought up knowledge's power and i think that's an extra layer why this trouble is so confusing because okay we all know lauren has the extra vote and on my first viewing i saw that jamie played two votes and voted for heidi i was like what and so i completely missed that and so on top of everyone already you know, having who knows what advantage, people are swapping things around like within seconds on camera and then playing them. And so it's just a very, very, there's a lot to keep track of. Like, so yeah, don't, don't feel too bad about not catching everything because I mean, as a longtime fan of the show, like I, I'm having trouble. Right. So, so yeah, yeah. I, I completely, yeah, understand why anyone would get confused. Um, and yeah, I, I think Survivor maybe needs to cut down on some of these like, legacy advantages and other things that they're, they're doing like just pick one thing pick one thing and have that and then you still maybe like one or two idols <laughs> you know right right <laughs> <laughs> we don't need no tokens or like you know sending things into the game oh or you know whatever they try to do different islands that have different features it's like no 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 we just you know have the idols have one thing and that's that's it yeah actually jeff probes his podcast really goes into like them trying new things i think you would really like it he talks mm. about all of that but yeah just to speak to I listen. The- I listened to the first one, and I yeah, I've just I have not gone back. Oh, you to tapped to out. Again. You're like, man. I know I haven't tapped out. I just yeah, like, yeah so I listen to it. Yeah, there's so many. Yeah, podcasts. it's so good. Yeah, true. I do listen to like extra like non-survivor things, believe it or not. So, oh, I believe that. <laughs> yeah, okay. Other things <laughs> listening. Oh, but it, okay, it was confusing, and I was taking like really like detailed notes. So I'm like, okay, and then, like this, these notes are so detailed. I'm like skipping over some because the amount of information that you're given prior to tribal yeah. is a lot. If you just watched it once, it's super hard to keep track of. 
And what yeah. we were talking about before about, um, oh, Danny. Oh, just one more thing about Danny that I think this is just like another example. I know we had brought up like, I don't know if we called Danny sexist before, but in this episode I was watching, I was like, okay, come on. You, you, you don't value what the, the women are saying. And maybe that's going too far from on Danny's behalf, but like Fr- Franny kept her cool. So amazingly when he, she he was just like, totally shot down her idea. Oh, that's illogical. Why would we ever do that? Um, when Carolyn, like Carolyn is gunning for Danny because of the bro club or whatever, that she just wants to vote. And her quote is interesting. She's like, that's why she's voting him out because she's sick of him. And I think like his character, in my opinion, came out really poorly in this episode. And I was rooting for Danny before. I really actually liked his earlier gameplay. And now I'm kind of like, man, I don't, I don't want Danny to win. Yeah, I mean, that's tough, right? Because everyone has their own agenda that that they're trying to push. So it's, it's really tough to say, you know, like, who's, who's going to be have, you know, who's going to have their agenda successfully go through, right? And so, yeah, there's just in, in life, you know, it's very, very, you know, going back to sociology, just learning about that in college, you know, when there's a group of table, a group of, you know, people sitting around a table it's often you know the men who are talking louder and sometimes like over the women and um you know a woman will just sometimes just like you know just like okay it's you know i've been in this situation before i'll just let them talk and it's just a very sad reality of just you know having two different genders talking about a topic um and so when you're on a tv show like survivor yeah like you need to be hyper aware of just how you're presenting yourself and yeah, I guess who you're listening to and how you're talking to other people, right? But once again, totally. like these people are going without food and just in very just trying situations. So I would probably give a lot of these people the benefit of the doubt that they're, you know, probably more upstanding people than they are on the show. So I think, yeah, yeah Danny, Danny really wanted, and to just, you know, circle back to the, the results of the game, we do see uh Heidi throwing out Kane's name uh and we see that Jam Jam wanted Kane out and so like once you and I didn't think about this in the moment but when you see that okay two people from you know two different tribes are throwing out someone's name like game over like you know yeah. once they meet up and sort of yeah. figure out it's like Kane, your, your goose call. is cooked yeah and then who knows yeah. what conversations Danny had with you know Heidi and uh Jam Jam but I guess when he's presenting it to Franny, like who who knows? And this is like pure speculation on my part, but like maybe the writing is on the wall already that it's it's going to be Kane, and it's just like you, right. uh, you know that's just how it's going to how, how it's going to be. And maybe he didn't do it in the in the right. best most delicate way, but Actually, but, yeah. but then uh, I was confused because because Danny voted Kane, yeah, and then yeah. Franny voted Jamie. She was the only one that voted Jamie. Like what yeah. was she just like totally? left out of the vote like i i mean she might have been i think that's um like what you're talking about danny's said the writing was on the wall maybe like they didn't even loop her in because it's like well franny doesn't even need to know we have the numbers to get out kane i'm I'm not i I, right when stuff like that happens when you see people voting like just a weird vote i think it comes down to like the amount of time that you could put in content that you could put in an episode i think they're probably like well if someone plays their shot in the dark or you know if someone has an idol then you Mm kind of want to throw a vote a vote on you know yeah exactly like jamie or whoever right 
So that's that's what I would right. chalk that up to. Um, because yeah. once you get more information, like postseason or next episode, like you'll, you'll, you'll see that, you know, there's just some stuff that they, and they, they don't want to show us everything, right. They want us to have some sort of like, Oh, it could be insane. Yeah. It could be Kane or it could be Jamie or it could be whoever. Right? Yeah. And this episode, they threw so many names out there. I had no idea where I was going to go. And I, they've done this a few times this season where you don't see people vote. You don't see any of the you know, where they you see like two people. Oh, someone has a vote for Katie, right. and someone has a vote for Jamie, and someone has a vote for Danny. And then so you're like, okay, it's gonna be one of those three. Who's it gonna be? But I really liked how we just got none of that, and you just get a sort of like a straight yeah. like pure mystery. I, I love it. I'm here for it. Yeah, I liked it too. So headed into Tribal Council, I mean Carson just notes, you know, he feels like the three Stooges are running the game, and then heading into Tribal Council, I thought the music was so good. Whatever they used for uh, leading into Tribal Council was just so good this episode, and the you know I actually felt like Jeff, or we saw that Jeff actually talked to most of the people tonight, which was really nice. Lauren got lots of confessionals, and she got lots of things to say. She had lots of things to say in this episode. Um, it's good to know. I mean, like Danny says, he's not a scout. I thought that was funny. Jamie Tal says it's a lot about the individual. Um, Carolyn, I think one of the themes is that like the rice made them alive again, able to strategize. And we've already kind of covered that and how uh, Franny notes how electric it is. And you're hoping that the vote tonight is going with the last plan that was put into place. And so the votes won't be known until the last votes are read. And then we get a live tribal, which we have not seen in a while. It was, I mean, yeah. Woo, live travel. Woo, woo, woo. woo. <laughs> and I, lo I love, like, I love when Jam Jam is like, I've dreamt about this my entire life to be a part of a large, large travel. <laughs> yeah. It's like, okay, get out of here. His commentary. Not thinking, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, live travel. commentary really is thing. just always. I love, I mean, I'm here for him. Once again, my yes. document, my lover Jam Jam is well documented. But yes. oh, and then, okay, I guess we're going to talk about more. But then he's like, and Jeff is like, so Jam Jam, what do you think about, you know, all the whispering? He's like, well, Jeff, um, I would love to see some titles to see what's going on right now. And there's like actual stuff that's <laughs> going on. It's subtitles. Like, so yes. good. So yeah, I love it. It was very it. well designed. Yeah. It was so good. So yeah, we yeah, had that, it was awesome. that, that live tribal. And I mean, like as a viewer, they did a great job. You, I didn't know where the votes were going to go. You know, there was lots of conversations that gave us clues where what could happen, but I had no no idea and i mean i kind of loved it like you're saying cal like we didn't even get to see the shots and where the votes went and so in the end you know we had jeff doing his typical reading of the votes with you know oh you don't want to get there oh you have something in travel council yeah okay so this is my biggest beef with danny and once again big danny fan really liked him a lot I, should, I don't know if past tense liked, but um, one of my biggest concerns with how Danny is playing is first off, I think I forget one of you two said earlier that uh, Danny was the first to initiate that, you know, he will not be voting for the sit outs. So yeah, like that's true. So from what we saw in the episode, Danny was one of the first people to say, I will not vote for the, uh, for the sit outs. Um, and so, obviously, we see that he does eventually vote for uh, for Kane, who goes home this episode. Um, but he also, you know, he says, I'm not a scout, Jeff, after, you know, saying the whole scout's honor earlier thing. And that is, like, that is not a good look for Danny. Like, that is, 
you know, like what we're seeing so far in this season is that it's not really like a big backstabby sort of like, you know, big bravado kind of season. And for him to bring sort of this like energy into the game, I don't think it's going to be well received by the jury, by the players in the game. And if he does find himself in final tribal council, it's like, bro, you were so rude all game. Like, why would I vote for you? You know, as a, as a castaway, you have to sort of, and you know, what he's doing is not necessarily bad and I don't necessarily disagree with it. Yeah. They have to sort of like get a sense of the cultural milieu of the tribe and just see like, how am I going to operate within that? And so far what we see is we have just three warring tribes going at it. And for him to just be so like, you know, upfront with just like, yeah, I said I wasn't going to do it. I'm not a scout. I'm gonna, I'm gonna I'll vote however I want to vote <laughs> you know it's like and then and then you eventually see Kane like enjoy your rice bitches <laughs> so good I love that line by the way but I, I, know, I just think so I think I think Danny's gonna have to pay for for his for his hmm. attitude and how he's currently playing the game so I once again okay. love Danny yeah and I know there's uh, some sur- survivor at home people who love Danny a lot I'm right there with you but uh, that is that is my perspective yeah. on Danny, and I don't think it's going to be changing at this point. So so we'll see, I guess, how he presents mm-hmm. himself moving forward. But I think, yeah, he stuck his neck out too high last time, and he's just presenting himself to be too much of an actual villain. This is not the kind of villain that Rochelle is. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see how it goes. And so that's, that's, that's my biggest beef with Danny right now, is that his, just the way he's playing mm-hmm. the game is not sort of, you know, set up to how the other castaways are sort of operating in this very same game that he's in. Okay. Yeah. I think those are really good points. And I appreciate like that perspective because I am more so, I mean, yeah, you always just have to be aware of like what, what your tribe mates, what the people around you, what the jury is going to be thinking. Because like when he said, as soon as he said the scouts honor thing in the challenge, I like laughed because I thought it was funny. I'm like, no way is anyone believing that. So if you got duped by that, I kind of feel like that's on you. But then again, he played, he fully said that he didn't mean it. Cause I was just thinking of Tony, like Tony who like swore, didn't he in his, in his um, one season, he like swore on his like mother's grave or something like really dramatic and didn't like didn't yeah, so keep that he, promise. So the he, fact that someone's making spot, a scouts. Yeah, yeah. Oh, right, no, yeah. It's not here or there. Like, Sorry, scout... you keep going. You... No, that's great. Like, so the fact that someone said scouts honor, like to me, that's just like, I, I wouldn't even, it just, ro- it would roll off my back. I think that he said that. And again, he did own up to it in tribal. So well, I mean, whatever. I think... but... he was a scout and Kane at final tribal will be like, you swore on the sanctity of scouts. <laughs> I am a scout master. I took that serious. No, if he and had said you... Jedi, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> and you're a Sith. You're a Sith, Danny. <laughs> Sith Lord. Yeah. Sith Dark Force. <laughs> Dark Force is in Danny. No, if 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 so, if if I was Kane and sitting on tribal and sitting and being a juror, and Danny's there, I'd be like, Yeah, Danny, I'll vote for you. Scout's honor. And go sit down again. <laughs> yes, yes. No, no. Yeah, he would I'm say, a... "I'll vote for you." <laughs> oh, yeah, he, yeah, he's there. I see. He um, would. Yeah, no. I, I like playing a petty game if I can, if I if I can get away with it. So yeah, I'm here for the pettiness. All right. Okay, I do think 
what you brought up was good about Danny here. And I don't need to rehash it, but I had a thought I was trying to trigger it back. Um, but not a great look. Oh, Scouts Honor. No, I don't know. Um, so we go then into the votes. They did show Danny waltzing into the voting booth, which just ticks me right off. And I wasn't going to say anything, but then you brought up that it was not a good look for Danny to say the Scouts Honor thing. Oh, right. The culture milieu that you milieu that you brought up, Cal, I think is so important because if Danny was playing with a bunch of other survivors who played a similar game to him, I think, you know, he'd be great and he'd come across as great. And so I think, like you said, did you say there's three boring tribes going at each other? I didn't use the word boring, but yeah, warring, W-A-R-R-I-N-G, three warring tribes. Yeah. I heard boring too. So thanks for clarifying. Three boring tribes. This season sucks. Let's get to 45. Warring, three warring tribes. Right. Okay. They are warring. And when you said boring in my head, I was like, Oh, I guess they're a little boring, but like, I actually no, don't agree with I, that. No, like everyone's great. I, I don't know. No one's boring. <laughs> no, I actually think they're like so like heart like hearty or something, or like there's a really good yeah. vibe or energy to this season. And Danny kind of doesn't fit in. I I mean that came out to me when you were talking. Yeah, and there's there will be plenty of seasons where, and this is I think where just the more diverse initiative that CBS has done post. Black Lives Matter event in 2020 is, you know, you're not getting like, oh, the three bros and the two cheerleader girls. And like, obviously they're going to all work together, you know? So I think, and just like how we are in the real world is you encounter a lot of different types of personalities and people and people from different cultural backgrounds and sexual orientations and religious affiliations and all the things. Right. And so I really like that survivor is, you know, bringing these all together and, you know, Danny can't necessarily like bro down and he tried to bro down with Brandon and they tried to get uh, blah, 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 the guy who was voted out at the uh, limbo, Josh. But that didn't obviously go go really anywhere, right? Um, but yeah, I, I just really like that. We're just getting a more full picture of people who can play Survivor actually play yeah. Survivor. And how do you operate that within that? Totally. Yeah. All right. So we get to Jeff reading off the votes and he does his typical style where he goes through the votes every other. Um, we got Kane, one vote Kane, one vote Heidi, one vote Jamie, Kane, Heidi. Then they get the Danny vote thrown in there. Kane, Heidi, Kane, Kane. So five votes. I was like, oh, maybe if Kane had voted with the group, because Kane actually was left out of that vote in the end. Right. Kane voted Danny in the end. Yeah. Yeah. But it still wouldn't have made a difference because even though Jamie used Lauren's um, extra vote, it would have only led them to four votes for Heidi, I believe. Yeah. So unfortunately, right. you know, like if they had maybe could have got Franny to switch or something, it could have tied the votes or whatever. But it was kind of written in the sand for Kane, like you said, Kel, before that there wasn't, I don't think, really much more that could have happened there. What do you think? Yeah, I think it was basically a done deal. I mean, even optimistically, if Kane votes, who 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 are the next highest votes? Heidi, um, Heidi, Heidi, Heidi. Yeah, and it, Franny it could have voted Heidi. Well, yeah, if if they were able to somehow like loop her right. in, which I don't think they would have. No, but it would yeah. it would have been tied, and then yeah, Kane goes home in that scenario anyway. So I think yeah, once again, his goose was cooked. Yeah, cooked. it was. But I don't really understand why he's a big threat. You know, when I know. you see Carolyn standing on the like beach talking to Yammy, I'm just like, I don't get it. He's not yeah. a threat. Like, when it, shouldn't we go for uh, Danny? Well, or... Heidi, Heidi said, uh, 
I think she throws out Kane's name. He's more strategic. He's a big guy and can potentially do better in some of these challenges. So which you know, which makes no so, sense to me. Like the what? last, the last two challenges. I know you're not going to base it just on the last two challenges, but like those were two smaller women, and then like wait, who won before that? Well, it was Lauren, then Franny, then I don't know who. Has Carson won? No. No, I think it has only been two maybe for the merge. Okay, right. Sorry. Merge. But my point being like, I just thought that was so interesting. And this was brought up in a chat earlier, but just how there seems to be a target on these big guys who, again, there are advantages to being an athletically strong, larger male, but it's like that the game is so much bigger than that. And it's just always baffling to me when players bring that up as like, I guess maybe she just wanted, I don't know, maybe she just wanted him out of the game. But to me, there are way more strategic players. I guess we're seeing that as a viewer, but he's not winning things. So it just was puzzling to me. He's not winning things, nor is he voting correctly. He says, exactly. he confesses, I have voted no people out of this game and yet they still went for him. So I am, yeah. I am also boggled why yeah. they put that on Kane. Yep. Yeah. I sometimes, you know, Heidi, Heidi probably was just throwing things against the wall and just seeing where it was sticking. Cause you do yeah. see, even though her and Lauren are on opposite sides mm-hmm. on the, at some point early on in the merge, like they, they both survived the vote and they like held hands briefly. And I was like, Oh, that's a cute, sweet moment that they, they had. I wish, you know, we could see some more of their relationship. That would be nice. Yeah. But, but I yeah, think same with Heidi and Jamie, actually, they picked each other to be partners for that challenge. Right. So, I think Heidi might just be trying to, you know, once again, this is pure speculation on my part, and that's the show's fault for not showing us more of Heidi or Lauren, but maybe Heidi is trying to protect Lauren in that moment, right? Mm. So hard hard to say, but, but yeah, I think she's just trying to see what, what would stick. And and so would you, you're right in this vote, would you credit Heidi for making this move or yam yam or car- would, would there be like a specific person that you would be like, yes, I give this credit to the mm. for this vote to that person. I think that's a great trap that you could lay in final tribal council yeah. because these moves are so intricate. Like who's yeah. really to say like where the idea was born out of, right? Because a lot of people are thinking of different, um, you know, people to vote out at different points of the game. And even if you weren't thinking at that moment, like it could be in the back of your head to get Kane out, right? So it's, it's really tough to say and to like to, to take complete ownership over a move, any move at all, is probably a poor look on your part, especially something like this where a lot of people just came together and were like, yep, Kane. So right. it's, it's hard to say. And I think it's a very, very delicate conversation that you would want to lay out if you do bring it up in tribal yeah. council, because you do want to credit other people. You don't be like, yeah, I pulled all the strings. It was me. Cause then you look like an idiot. <laughs> yeah. Know, say what you want in confessional with a camera, but when you're in final tribal council, you got to be like heaping praise on the people who are yeah, on. Jury, so right? true. So, I mean, it's tough. It's okay. Tough. Can you guys remind me? So I know that uh, jam jam was like listing off the, like, I don't know, two or three previous people that got voted out. And he was saying like, they wrote my name down. So now I'm coming for them. So Kane wrote his name down, correct? So I just think that's an interesting case. I don't know. Was he saying that to somebody or in a confession, a confessional, but regardless, I think that's just an interesting little story that he's like weaving. And of course, like maybe the next vote won't, well, no one voted for him this time, but anyways, I just thought 
that was an interesting tidbit for what he's like, I don't know, his story that he's building, things he's adding to his resume. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's he's playing the game, right? He's sort of like hiding in plain sight. He's sort of like the own alligator of the, <laughs> of the yeah. season. <laughs> no, but you're right. He's he's playing the game, and people are not like Carolyn. People are not crediting him to be playing the game, but he actually is, right? So that's totally. And he's weaselled his way through so many tribal councils to his credit. I know that. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I think he's doing. I'm so, so curious what people think of him, like on the tribe, like if they're just like overwhelmed with how much he talks or like they actually think he's so funny and like really personable. Cause like, from my point of view, I think he's just played so amazing. Every time he comes back from a tribal where he, people have written his name down, he's just like totally opposite to how Josh was right. Who was like bitter and like, "Mm," like, I don't understand why people you wrote my name down. He's just like, this is the game. Like, you know, like he's just more jovial about it or you know, he can understand, but I mean, behind the scenes, he's like, I'm coming for you, but I just think he's doing awesome. And I wonder yeah. how they perceive him. They haven't really spoke to that, but mm-hmm. anyways. That was a good question. Rochelle, you, you had a question for us, I believe, right? Is is this the time where you want to ask the question? About I, I did. Gonna, yeah. You texted us today. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. So was my question this? <laughs> I guess my uh, yes. memory is also really bad. Um, like, okay. So re- I think this is maybe how I worded it. Like who, or is it just who do you guys think is going to win? Or who was it that you wanted to win from the beginning? Uh, well, who who do you think, who do we think is going to win? I think. So was... who do we think is going to win from this point on? Obviously. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I was only, yeah. That, that makes more sense than the alternative. Okay, so for the fantasy draft, I went through, I listened to all those podcasts of Rob going, like talking with all the um, survivor players. And then I like did all this reading and I picked like my top five to win the game. Cause I wow. thought that's what the fantasy draft was. And okay. then I realized you change it every week. And now I'm on the bottom of the fantasy draft. But oh, I didn't know that. Picks, there was, there was a few different variations of how to do it. And so I think, yeah, in the end we decided to, to do it weekly. And so, yeah, it, I think well, we weren't sure how we were going to do it, Lynette, but like, yeah, we decided we'll do it weekly. So, so to you, to, to be fair, like you, you probably at one point that could have been correct. We just, anyway, you, you, can- okay. Well, thank you. Because I was just like, Oh, well, we picked this every week. I spent all that time. And now I like, since then I was like, man, I don't care. Thank, thank, thank. Like, I'm just like selecting my survivor players and I'm like losing. Um, but one of the people I did remember I picked at the beginning was Franny. So I'm going to, and I picked like, you know, people who've already left, like, um, nice. like same. The Taylor Swift fan. I can't remember her name anymore. There was a Taylor um, Swift fan? Yes, Helen. Um, I picked uh, her. But like, yeah, I think Franny. I'm gonna I'm gonna put throw my vote uh, in with Franny. Good call. Love it. Well, okay. I think the season is gonna go through volleying back and forth between the non-Tika tribes. And we're gonna slowly see, you know, Heidi go, Danny go, Lauren go, Franny go. And I think we're going to see the rise of Queen Jamie. No way. I think, I think, yeah. I think I she's going to have. you were going to say Queen Carolyn and you said Jamie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But you have I been think, calling her Queen, so that's on me. But. Yeah, I, I think we're going to see her win some very clutch immunities towards the end. Okay. And they're going to try and get rid of her. And then she's going to squeak by just like Tika squeaks by through the whole merge. And she's going to yeah. probably be sitting in the end with Carson and Jam Jam. And she's going to take the game. 
and she's going to wave her magic wand and boop, doop, doop. Everyone votes for me. <laughs> you vote for me. You vote for me. You vote for me. <laughs> yes. Yes. All right. That's all. That's 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 why I'm putting my support behind Queen okay. Jamie. J A I L E. By the way. Jamie. I know. Yeah. I know. Which is such. I yeah. I love that spelling. Um. Okay. So I have thought from the beginning that Danny is going to win, and that's. I don't know if that's just because, so I met him at that a survivor event in Toronto. Um, he was there with like, um, like Wendell and um, Bryce. Wait, should we, should we put a spoiler alert here for people who don't want to? <laughs> no, I won't say anything. Yeah. Did you find okay, him to okay. be sexist in real life or show? <laughs> no, but his, his was wife. He hearing around a million dollars. His wife and baby girl was there anyways. And I, so I actually said hi to her too, but regardless, um, I shook his hand and I said, good. Cause the season was airing the next day. And I said, good. Uh, oh, what did I say? Anyways, I said, good luck. I'll be cheering for you tomorrow. So now I just feel like from the get-go, I've just, I feel like I owe him that or something. Not like you owe gave him, him your word. Well, I just like, I've been like, oh, I met him. So I'm going to cheer for him. So to be honest, I have been cheering for him and I still think, um, scouts honor, <laughs> I'm intrigued for him, but um, honestly, I I would love if Carson won. Like he, yeah, I just love him. And then also, I mean, I love Jam Jamming Carolyn. So it's just hard. Like you can't just pick the people who you love. But um, Danny, and then maybe Carson. So okay, yeah, it's tough because you don't want to fall in the viewer trap of like, uh, yeah, oh man, who is the Lopez guy from last season? Uh, Jesse, Jesse, Jesse. Yeah, you're like cheering. We're all as fans cheering for Jesse all season, but the show loves to do this where you fall in love with the character and they're just like cut down at the final four. Ricard, Ricard. Yeah, yeah. There's like I forget who the other person is. Yeah, well, but (laughs) yeah, who's like who's it going to be this season? Someone we love is going to go in the next two episodes. I I guarantee it. I I guarantee it. You're right. You're right. Okay. Um, Franny. And then, oh, okay, thanks. Oh, I so, would be happy with her winning too. Yes. Yeah, I think it'd be awesome. Um, and then I know I noticed like we you know we should probably wrap it up here because we're almost wow. Um, but like you know we've had four men go home now in a row, whereas prior to this I think it was like maybe four women. Mm-hmm. And I know there's been lots of talk about post merge, who's being targeted and whatnot. So I don't know if there's any more thoughts you want to get into here, or if we're happy with the four yeah. men in a row, well, and that's the way to. The cars have been I played. think someone, I think it was Alex in the Survivor Home Discord sort of brought up the discussion of, you know, women going in the pre-merge and then men going in the post-merge. And I think that's unfortunately just, yeah, absolutely the case. And there needs to be a format change for 45 and 46 because we do see a lot of just, you know, the women going, especially this season has been talked about to death. But that is why you do see, you know, you know, a lot of the bigger guys go out. And this happens, it's very common in, in Survivor or the guys do go post-merge. And that is why, you know, the, the right smaller framed people can make their way to the end. And that is why Jamie is going to win this game. <laughs> <laughs> well said. You know. Yeah, well said. Good way to uh, wrap it up here. Wrap it so, up. Yeah. So any last thoughts, Rochelle? Anything, any shadows you want to make to the Survivor at Home community today or the world? Oh, the world. Um, no, I mean, I just love this community. I love, um, like... So there is the last two seasons of Survivor at Home. I didn't play. Is that correct? I think that's correct. Um, and but I watched 
some of them. Like I watched parts of it. And so there's people now that I'm engaged with quote unquote online where like, I've never met them. I mean, a lot of these people I haven't met. And so anyways, I just love that we have this common passion and that we can have this fun little group where we talk about Survivor. And so I'm just so thankful to be here tonight. And thank you for having me and just entertaining my ideas and thoughts. So that's it. I'm I'm resting my head a happy person. Yeah, well, we're so happy to have you. And thank you so much for coming. And Kel, is there anything you want to say here? Um, it was a really great episode. Um, I'm very happy that we could cover this one. You know, a lot of the post-merge stuff is, is really good too. Um, but yeah, to really just end my time on the podcast with Rochelle, I just wanted to just have a really quick reading oh, no. of an email that no. I oh no, <laughs> oh no, I forgot <laughs> that I received from her from October 11, 2004. So this is the date oh. it was received. It's, it's a it's a bit lengthy, so you know I'll try to rush through it. But it, it, it's a little. I'll just I'll just I'm I'll not prepared it. for this. I'll I'll read it and let it speak for itself. <clears throat> hey, Smelvin. I know we haven't emailed towards each other in a long time. Well, to start, happy Thanksgiving, all caps. It's Thanksgiving today. No. Do you know what? So what are you doing for Thanksgiving? Yesterday, Sunday in brackets, the Bowmans had lunch. It was so good. I eat so much. And today we're going to Morley's house for supper because today is actually Thanksgiving. Okay, I have a story. On Friday, me, Liz, and Britt, <laughs> we're going to go see the Born Supremacy. So me and Liz and Lynn, so me and Liz and Lynn, so just note the use of the word end twice, went to the theater in brackets again. We were going to meet Britt there, just in case for those who need to know how Britt was going to get there, they were going to meet her this there. This is absolutely riveting content. <laughs> and we were going to pay all at the same time and then just pay the person back later. And so we went to the, the three of us went to the counter and we were like, there's three of us. And so he typed it in the cash register and said, and then the little sign said $10. So I was like, um, how is this only $10? And then he just looked at us and he's like, you'll need a stamp. And then he started to stamp Liz's hand. And so Liz is like, why do we need a stamp? And then he's like, what the F are you guys here for? When we were like, the Born Supremacy. And then he grabbed one of those flyer thingies and pointed at the Born Supremacy section. And there was this little attachment that said there was a concert that night. It was so funny. And it was too, and it was embarrassing too, though. LOL. What? Anyways, what is happening? <laughs> anyways, I want to see the forgotten. It looks so good. I can't wait. Hey, Leslie's here this weekend. Actually, she's leaving today. Sad face. She stayed at the Bowman's house. Well, Leslie's family came down in brackets, except Heather. So when are you coming to visit? You haven't been hey, here in a while. Well, email back or phone. Smile face. Because I got to go. So I'll talk to you later. Dog, D-A-W-G. <laughs> Bye, Rochelle. <laughs> that is, I am speechless. I don't know what, I mean, I knew. <laughs> what? Why am I telling you all that? Like, <laughs> what? I don't know. It's adorable. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> oh my it's, goodness. You're so descriptive. This is what we did. And then this happened. And then this happened. Like, I appreciate the use of brackets. Yeah. <laughs> what on earth? I 
feel I, I just want to publicly apologize to anyone who stuck around for that message because you got there was absolutely <laughs> yes. no takeaway. No okay, takeaway. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna text you another any an email later. Please do. Uh, it's, please it's, it's, do. It's really funny. It's 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 a bit more. And spicy. if anyone made it through that, um, again, I apologize. <laughs> but you're a true friend. You're... Michelle's like wiping tears away. <laughs> <laughs> I am. I don't know if I'm like laughing or crying because I'm embarrassed, but thank, yeah, thank you, Kel. It. I'll just say thank you, Kel, for sticking around for um, that many years of friendship and <laughs> putting up with meaningless messages. Oh. Well, yes, oh, absolutely. The pleasure has been all mine. Being your friend yes. for the past 20 years. Yeah. Here's for another 20, another 20, another 20 years. 20 years. <laughs> another 20 years. Um, Okay. Well, thank you for sharing both of you. Thank you for being here tonight. Um, and I just want to say a shout out to our co-hosts, Alex and Luke, who have been carrying this torch with us this season as Jordan and Andrew take a step back. I just really appreciate them and their takes and that I don't have to do this every week because this is fun, but also a lot. So thanks everybody. Um, we do have a Survivor at Home Instagram account and Survivor at Home Twitter account. Please check us out online. Yes. And please rate and review our podcast on Spotify. But please don't say anything mean because I will just buckle under any form of criticism at all. <laughs> <laughs> so only good things, please. <laughs> but please, it'll help us uh, help people find us and uh, just tune into um, yeah our fun Canadian perspective on this great American TV show. Mm -hmm. Thanks. Well said. Yes, and have a great night, everybody. Bye. 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 Bye.